so I've listened to episode one. Okay. Super impressed. Thank you. Okay. No, it's really good. Uh, as I mentioned on the last show, like putting that narrative together was always going to be the hardest thing that we had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, how many drafts did you do? Was it two? Two drafts, yeah. Yeah, sorry. okay. So on the second time, you nailed it. Adam's words there, guys, not mine. But I hope that if you did hear last episode, that you agree. Hey everybody, Martin here and welcome to episode two of the Startup Diary where me and Adam get the scoping out how the rest of the series is going to flow from this point on. Oh, and before we get to that, we just want to let you guys know that we record our episodes during work time, so there may be at times background noise of what's going on in the rest of the office, and that comes with the startup territory. Full disclosure done, let's get on with the show. Adam was curious about how long the last episode took me to edit and what kind of process, if any, I used in making it all come together. Let me just go back myself, it's been quite a while. Uh, Okay, so I would say first draft, which was me kind of just uh, creating the narrative. So it was going through bit by bit, listening to the conversation once more. Cutting it up was probably around maybe half an hour to cut it up. Okay. And just to jump in, when you said like creating a narrative, are you literally going through to work out, oh, that's interesting, and then writing like storyboarding the narrative to it? Uh, yeah. So uh, I've got, uh, I have a whiteboard on my wall. So oh, the cool. first, so I listened to it all, all the way through once, once more. And then the second time, whenever I found um, anything interesting. And then from there, I'd make markers on Final Cut, which is the software I'm using to edit it. Okay. And then go back, and then I'd listen to it again. And I still thought, if I still thought there was a point to be made, though it was interesting, then I'd use it. If okay. I couldn't, then I'd just I'd stop using it there. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, like, total time to get it done, what were you thinking? Oh, I'd say about... Uh, that's about an hour and a half to two hours. Okay, so we're looking at... The output was about 15 to 16 minutes and that. So, yeah. half an hour recording time, two hours editing time, so two yeah. and a half hours to make a show. Yeah. So, if we wanted to get to a point where we're actually making like two shows a week, that's five hours time. Mm. Do you think you're going to be able to speed up or do you think that's just the amount of time that's needed to do a good show? No, I think, I think I can definitely improve and speed up on that side of things. I've never actually cut something up like that in okay. this sort of format. So, that's, that's, it was good in a, in a sort of experiment on that side of things. I think... To make it good, there will always be a kind of set time limit, but okay. what that is, I'm not sure yet, but we'll find out. I suppose it depends on how many revisions we're doing and bits like that as well. Yeah, that's right. So, from an editor's point of view, currently it's taking a lot of time to get the audio edited just right, but that's improving, and we'll continue to improve as we go on listeners. The hardest part is juggling your personal time and making sure you optimise your recording for the edit. That's the one thing I would say that really, really helped out. I asked Adam to get some ideas together of what was important to him moving forward with the show and give a quick rundown of potential ideas and episodes that would help document the start of the journey. We spoke last time that um, it's kind of giving people the wrong idea if they jump into the, the podcast and we just start it from today yeah, because it makes it look very easy. It's kind of like, oh, you just get VC backed and then you kind of move forward and you build your team. So I've made a list of kind of what we've done in the last kind of two, two and a half years. Okay. I just wanted to run through that with you now just to kind of uh, see if any of the shows sound interesting, just to kind of get your thoughts on it, really. Yeah, go for it. So uh, the, 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 so the first kind of step for me was uh, leaving my job. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd just dig in on that show, kind of what triggered leaving your job. I know there's loads of people out there that probably want to leave their job, but they just either don't know what to do next or just don't believe that they can do it um, and how podcasts are a big influencer on that for me. Yeah. Um, so I thought that'd be interesting. And then not just leaving the job, but how I actually planned my escape 
because it wasn't just <laughs> it wasn't escape. It really felt like that out of corporate life, but it wasn't just the the realization that I wanted to leave. I, I don't. I think it's really difficult for someone to say, "I want to leave my job. I want to start a business," and then just stop going on Friday, hand your notice in because you're really lost. I think while you're in a job, there's a great opportunity to actually kind of plan yourself uh, a way out. Um, so I thought I'd make a good show. And then next one I was thinking for the first 12 months. So that was kind of when any startup doesn't really know what they're doing uh, and kind of the emotions that you kind of go through on that, um, all the self-doubt and bits like that that kick in. Um, where do we go from there? There was something uh, you talked about earlier on and it was, I think it was off uh, mic, but I think you described it as... Uh, imposter syndrome was it yeah i don't know that we did that on on the last mic or, or off it but um it's actually coining something by seth godin so um he talks about something called imposter syndrome which is it kind of mainly hit in when you, actually the first time it kicked in actually um we'll probably say uh, shall i talk about it now yeah we'll talk about it now just very briefly so the imposter syndrome kicked in the first time was when i started consulting okay uh, and i obviously wanted to go in at a what i thought was a good rate and after having some advice from uh, one of the guys that actually invested in the business, he said, no, triple your rate and go in because people will value you more when you charge more. And as soon as someone gives you that advice, it makes sense on paper. But when you go in and you're charging three times what you thought you were going to charge, you do feel like an imposter. And then you've got the, the job of actually delivering on that value. So that was something that kind of hit home. Mm. And I, don't, I think, you, I think you, you always get that as well, regardless of where you are, because you're doing small deals at the start. But as you scale up, you still always, it's like self-doubt always kicks in. So that would probably make a good show. We then moved on to talk about the pre-accelerator that Adam attended, which is something that I didn't really know too much about. So I wanted to get more information about how important that was in forming our startup, how the internship changed things, and what skills were needed and developed along the way. So then you've got the the pre-accelerator that I did. So um, how all that came about, I did a 48-hour uh, kind of uh, start a business 48 hours kind of watch workshop called launch 48 in the UK uh, run by a chap called Simon Jenner really enjoyed that still good friends with Simon now and went on to a pre-accelerator program and I thought it'd be good to kind of share what that did for me in terms of uh, how it shaped the rest of the business which was really really interesting do you know what a pre-accelerator is no yeah, I'd like to ask a bit more about that yeah so a pre-accelerator program so there's something called an accelerator program or an incubator um, which is basically like a normally a 12 to 13 week startup school is the best way to put it right so you basically get a little bit of funding um, and it's kind of just enough to live off for about 12 to 14 weeks as well as do a little bit of market testing and the idea is is you go as if you're at school you have mentors lectures um, and a great group of like 12 to 15 startups are trying to build at the same time and then you move to what's called demo day so the idea is you build your business in 12 weeks to a point where it's investable and then you pitch it at demo day so from there we were um i went into the pre-accelerator which is kind of getting you ready of what an accelerator is going to be right so it's a week-long course and it's kind of just working out if it's for you i'd already actually passed the point of wanting to be in an, uh, an incubator accelerator so um, we would never actually join the accelerator just because the, the valuations and bits like that. But I think it would be good to chat about what we actually learned from the pre-acceleration program because it massively changed kind of our direction as a company. Yeah, I think I think it would be. I think uh, as well, one thing I think I'd be quite interesting, I'm not sure if you've got this as an idea, is that uh, I remember if we go back all those months ago and we're at the end of the internship. Yep, the uh, internship, that comes up later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember you describing a lot of what you were doing, particularly like the, until kind of we started, 
was very much you had so many different hats that you were wearing. You know, it was the design aspect of things. Yep. So uh, when did that start? When did you start thinking, I need this and I need these skills? Because, you know, like you say, you've got these different hats and you've had to do so much of it to a certain level. Yep. When did you start to learn those skills from, say, when you quit your job? Yeah, that's a really good question. So you kind of never... You never get to a point where you think I need to get good at design. It gets, and it being a startup and fairly scrappy, you kind of say, oh, I need some leaflets. So you never think design, you think, oh, I need some leaflets to post out or I need a, an advert to put on Facebook ads. And then you go, okay, I'll call up a local agency and see how much they charge. And then all of a sudden you find out that designing agencies charge everything like 35 and 60 pounds per hour as a startup. You just don't have that sort of money. So it's kind of like a needs must situation. Like okay. you think I'm, I can't afford to pay that. So I've just got to learn it myself. So you never kind of say, oh, I need to get good at SEO until you go, oh, my website's not ranking well. How do I fix these SEO issues? So as you just go along for a year or two years, you just decide to pick things up because you don't want to pay for it, to be honest. And it gets to a point where you just need to bring on extra people. Hence the, uh, the internship kicking in. Bringing on board family is an aspect that I think could be really interesting to hear from both sides of the table. So I asked Adam to talk a little bit more about how that was for him. And he went on to talk about the dangers of consulting and the effect that can have on someone looking to form their own company. So I thought it'd be interesting to get the wife and the mother. Yeah, uh, I think that'd be really yeah, interesting. Onto the show. Um, yeah, we've had some really interesting situations, so... Uh, I'm not sure if we're actually going to curse on this podcast, but we probably will do. So I remember actually, just to kind of set the tone, uh, don't get me wrong, love my mum to bits, but when it comes to work, it's work. And I remember one day she dropped the ball like two or three times and I just came out with the one thing I have in this life is time and you keep fucking wasting it. Um, and that, she, yeah, she broke down in tears after that, to be honest. Um, so dealing with that relationship when it's like business and family and that makes it sound like I'm really tough, but it was just the end of a long week and it was just stressful. But I think the, the podcast where we talk about what it's like to actually hire family mm. and work with them and the tough decisions of time, like if they're not doing the work, what do you then do? I think it could make a really interesting show. Who was who was first out of uh, uh, Alison and Sarah? Who did you, who Ooh. was helping? I'm, I'm assuming oh, Sarah, Sarah was helping you out. You know, yeah, yeah. so bit. Sarah just helped me out kind of like uh, – after she finished work, she helped me out quite yeah. a lot to a point where there was just too much work coming in that she couldn't do both. So that was kind of a big commitment to bring her on. Um, and obviously she, uh, yeah, she was like seven months pregnant when she joined full time actually. Um, and then I just got really sick and tired of doing the paperwork side of things. So, uh, Alison, my mother, uh, she's fantastic and stuff like that. She just loves doing the boring jobs. Um, so I brought her on, um, early last year. So she's been with us probably about a year now. Um, so only about six, seven months before you guys joined, actually. Okay. Um, so yeah, and that was just out of like a need. I actually tried to hire her for like a, a fair few months because I just needed her help. But she was uh, in another job that I eventually pulled her away from, which was good. Um, so family stuff. And by the way, that makes me sound, I've just realized, I'm very aware of how I sound now on the podcast. Uh, but uh, I am genuinely, uh, she does a good job, but uh, you have to kind of set the tone of if they're not doing the job, family or not family we're a startup we've got to just cut the fat so from there the next big step for me that i was looking at was getting a cto yeah um and how big of a deal that was yeah because yeah because we uh you know ignacy's a ignacy i'm sure you're gonna hear a lot about it now in a minute <laughs> is a big big part of where we are now yeah exactly 
So yeah, Ignacy uh, like completely invaluable. And if you can imagine how many things Ignacy does now, if if we had to outsource that to another agency that doesn't care about what you actually do, they just want to bill you hourly. It wasn't working, but that's how we started. So it's the relationship of like uh, moving from an agency to a CTO. I think that'll make a really good episode. Great to get Ignacy on here as well to work out why on earth he actually joined a startup. I think I was just that good at selling him on the dream uh, that he joined to actually poach him from another company down in London. Getting close to where we are present day, we touched on what it was like to become seed funded and the effect that had on the company. So we were bootstrapped for about 18 months. And for those that don't know what bootstrap means, it's uh, where we don't take any on any external funding. We just kind of uh, pay our own bills by doing jobs left, right and center. And I did a lot of consulting. That was great in one respect because it paid well. Mm. But the also the big problem with consulting is one, you get used to the money. And secondly, it, it draws up so much of your time. It was client services. And then you've got to work out, do you, do you want to do consulting? And if you do, you've got to have an exit plan because your startup is the thing you're actually doing it for. And it's so easy to just drift off into consulting world and just get very comfortable with that. Yeah, that, that does sound quite interesting because I, th- I think that'd be something I think, I think a lot of people probably have done that in the past is that when you're working towards something, you think, you know, you're building, you're building, you're building. And then there's like, you get this split road where you can keep doing what you're doing because it's great and that's good. Yeah. Or you can go back to that dream and it's, there's a lot of obstacles that you're going to have to go through. No, exactly. You know, it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. And on that show, I want to cover like the fact that when, when you've got money coming in, you shouldn't be spending it as quickly as you would do if you're just trying to grow the startup. Um, just because the, uh, if you imagine when you've got money coming into the bank, your lifestyle or your business kind of fills that space. So if you've got five grand in the bank, uh, you, you can spend five grand. If you've got 500 pounds of bank, you can only spend 500 pounds. You've just got to stay scrappy even when you're, you're earning good money doing consulting yeah. gigs and bits like that uh, and how you should think about the cash that you bring into the business. So the, 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 what was next um, for us? We've got the rebrand. So mm, um, yes. I think just I think uh, naturally we'll hopefully get uh, varying listeners, developers, designers, marketers and bits like that. Uh, and I think it'll be just good to chat through the decisions of why we decided to rebrand, the cost of doing it, and how we rolled it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly, um, fairly important thing for us as a company. Um, and then the next big thing for us was when we decided to um, build our quoting invoice tool. So it was completely free, and we built it for attention. And uh, in that show, we should talk about the fact that we built something just to retain customers for longer. And that's actually pivoted into what we're actually building full time as a product. Um, I think it could be interesting for people just to understand that um, if people are prepared to pay for something, let them pay for it. Hmm. Whereas it took me six months to actually get into that mindset. We should have done it a lot sooner. Um, and then the internship. Yeah. How's it, is it? Yeah. So we won't get into it now, but I'd love to ask. So we'll be pulling everyone onto the show. Yes. And just getting an understanding of what the internship was like for them. Um, why they decided, firstly, how they found out about it, how, why they decided to do the internships. It was an unpaid internship. Um, and then why they're still here, which would be a good show. Yeah. I think uh, it'll be a fun one for you to edit. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a great Definitely. one for me to edit. Startups are kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of becoming more and more popular. But there's a lot of good and bad that comes with that. Like, there's a lot of good and bad that go with the traditional route. It's like, again, it's like breaking that traditional route because you're told this is the way to do it. Go for a graduate scheme. Just like a lot of people are told, you finish school and you get a job and you keep doing that and you don't. Quit yeah, exactly. You've been, you've been kind of calibrated to what yeah. you should be doing. And to be honest, from I'll be really that show is going to be really interesting for me because I'm going to learn a lot from your side of the table, mm. um, which would be good fun. Um, and that's one of the reasons we're doing the show is. Uh, as a very transparent office and we should have uh, some 
good chats on the mic. Uh, get to understand all the characters. Uh, and then kind of bringing us up to present day, which is our second round of funding. So we did the seed funding in March, and then we did our second round of funding, which is technically a VC round in December. Um, and every, I think that's not going to be one show. I think we can probably make a mini series out of that uh, just because... Well, you died for a month, so I think there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, honestly, like I may as well just been off the face of the planet. Um, super stressful. Um, when people say uh, that you you should close money very quickly uh, and move on, they're not joking. It just takes forever to do it. But I think there's there's a certain amount of work that went into before you get the deal done, mm. and I think there's some people in there that could learn just some basics from myself from pitching. So we pitched three people and we closed three deals. Um, good success rate. Um, so there's some basics in there that yeah. I think for people that are new to this should understand. Um, then moving through the negotiation stage. as Once you've got the negotiation done and then you've got the due diligence. And like you said, that's what killed me. Yeah. And it's just talking about what that was, how it consumes you and the sort of things we've had to change as a business um, to, to kind of sit in line with what a venture capitalist needs um, and the benefits and the costs. And the reason we decided to do it in the end, because it was an option for us not to do it, um, but we decided to. So just running through those thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to. Hopefully by then, we're probably like 12, 16 shows deep. It'd be great to get the other side of the table, like bring in our VC backer and get them to sit here and just get an understanding of why they decided to invest. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, could be make a really good show. Um so yeah, that's kind of where we are. So, what are your thoughts? I think that's a great uh, kind of overview of the journey, which is what this is all about. Again, yep. it's you know we're trying to we're, right now we're kind of setting the scene, Excellent. and we're going to get to the point where to kind of we'll be present there at one point. But I think that's a good way to kind of show people beginning, middle, and hopefully one day end as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and you, you just kind of touched on like we're going to be recording this. It's all in the past, but we need to find out a way to like record stuff as we go now. Yeah. So we've got like live events happening so if something happens in the business tomorrow uh, and we sit down as a team do you know what would have been a perfect thing to do do you know when we're talking about the new pivot that we're making as a company like shifting from one side to the other yeah we should have just put the mics on then and just recorded that conversation because there were some great snippets in there of like decisions that we're making as a company and what your guys thoughts were um, we should just get used to doing more stuff like that so we've got quite a road ahead of us that much is clear but we want to take our listeners on the complete journey first. So I hope this has given you an insight into what you can expect in the very near future. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Martin Kennedy, and I hope that you join me next time on The Startup Diary.